you can be great at weddings, but an elopement's a whole different kettle of cats. The goal isn't to live forever. The goal is to create something that will. Welcome to Perspective, a podcast for wedding craves, where we sit down often with a special guest and talk about our many years of experience in the wedding industry so that you can learn from us and to help grow your wedding business. On this episode today, it's going to be a slightly different listen, to be honest, and we're going to be chatting about elopements, how to shoot elopements, what can elopements fit your brand, and how you should approach an elopement um, in general to give your clients or couples the best experience ever. This episode is, of course, sponsored by With Jack, but I will get onto that a little bit later in the show. However, Greg, what are we drinking today? We are drinking some Pret-a-Manger Americanos. We're drinking them black. We're brought along Medium. as a wee surprise from my girlfriend. So I'm going to give her the title of honorary sponsor on today's All episode. Right. Thanks, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're drinking some Pret-a-Manger. That's right. Tom, uh, who many of you know is our other shooter, uh, first cinemate, was absolutely horrified that we said we were going to be drinking Pret on the show. Which Absolutely I found funny. Nothing wrong with Pret. Absolutely nothing wrong with just a cup of Joe. I'm getting looks from Tom and JD Armstrong, who joins us on today's show. Hey Tom, what are you drinking? Nothing. <laughs> I didn't get a surprise coffee this morning. Yes. So you're but that's that's what happens when you know you're a third shooter. Oh there it goes. I'm gonna have to change my terminology. You're just now a shooter. There you go. We're all equal here. <laughs> We're not. <laughs> so, what you, what you guys been up to? How's your weekend been? Yeah, good. Good. Uh, with the recent lockdown laws restrictions being lifted, I can now visit my mother, who we've extended to, so the kids can now hug their gran. That's nice. nice. I've also been dabbling, as you know, with 35mm film. Yes, yes, you got inspired after the chat with Gulabi. I absolutely did. And I apologize for the audio quality on the episode because that's our bad. But it is such a good conversation that we had with him. And it did inspire me to go out and pick me up. Well, my mother bought my early birthday gift, which was a Nikon F3. And she also had this very old Voigtlander Prominent 2 camera lying around. So I had two rolls of films. So I thought I'll borrow this camera and I'll play with my Nikon camera. And I've been very much enjoying it, I have to say. Can't wait to see whether you actually get any good shots from them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm using the... the So the, the Voigtlander doesn't have any metering on it. So I, I do have an iPhone app if I want to, you know, get a, a, a reading of the settings for the camera. What, Tom? Nothing. Okay, <laughs> but uh, for the you, you told me about the Sony sixteen rule, mm-hmm. which for those out there who don't know, Sony sixteen rule in general is if you're using an ISO a, a film with an ISO of a hundred, you put your uh, shutter to one hundred, and if you close down your f stop to sixteen, that gives you a general exposure reading for like a like a sunny day. So if you look at the shadows and it's Harsh lines, you know, F16, 
the shadows go dim a wee bit, soft and fuzzy, you drop it down to F11, and anything worse than that, 8, and then you're kind of guessing, but, you know. Can we fact check that? (laughs) (laughs) If I've got that wrong, please someone correct me, because, you know, I haven't got any film bag yet, so I don't know if this method actually (laughs) works. (laughs) The the method works as long as you've remembered it right. Mm. Mm. Well, I suppose so. But anyway, enough about my hobbies. What have you been doing, Greg? I went to Pollock Park, one of the big country parks in Glasgow. Mm. Pollock Pollock Cows. So the Highland Coos. (laughs) The Coos. Yep. I go there frequently too. I think a lot of people don't know that you can see Highland Cows in Glasgow. But yeah, yeah, if you go to Pollock Park. There's tons of them. There is. And they move them about quite a bit. Because sometimes, like... Well, well, they do have legs. (laughs) Yeah, so sometimes (laughs) the, like, the big field where you can get closest to them and... Like, sometimes they're not there. And they put horses in sometimes. That's just for the tourists. To trick them. <laughs> yeah, because there was such a huge tourism boost in the last month. <laughs> hey, everyone's flooding the parks nowadays. Oh. No? I, I, well, no, the parks have been busy. <laughs> like, because people need to get out. Well, yes, indeed. Uh-oh. Wait, wait. So, wait, wait. Greg, Greg's hovering over the uh, we've chatted too much button. <laughs> Is that a thing? So, I, know, I just thought the chat was getting a bit rubbish there, so I was going to move it on. <laughs> Brutal. How do you move it on out of interest? He, he, you know how we've got like sections in the podcast that are like yeah, yeah, sound, yeah. Thing, well, the sound the sound bank's just over there. The out, so, of, out of the water water drinking, drinking section into content section. You see, I didn't know, like when you redid that intro, sorry, when you did the intro perfectly for the first time there, <laughs> um, I didn't know that it was like playback there. Mm. And you just spoke over it. When it's and in, I didn't know you did a separate one for each thing. So it's not the same every time. No, uh, the only thing that's the same every time is the advert right in the middle. That's the same every time. But everything else is is just recorded here. But uh, we o- we only do that live when we've got the desk here. When we've been recording at home, on in our different locations, it's just I place it yeah. together. Is this the first one you've done back? Here? This is the first one we've done back in the studio. Yeah. How does it feel to be back? Feels great, man. It's good. It feels so good. I love the audio quality in here. Oh, so good. It's yeah. And we're not having to rely on my crappy internet for uploading audio files. Famously poor oh, speed. Yeah. Yeah. Which the listeners won't really get a sense of that because I do edit around <laughs> your It's so frustrating doing it oh. from home though, because I would be talking away and I can hear you all perfectly fine. Then I start talking. And for all I know, you can hear me fine because I've been hearing you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, halfway through my sentence, Simon's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. We can't hear you. You've cut out. And I'm like, can you not just guess what I was saying and piece it all together Sometimes. instead of breaking it up and interrupting me? Look, <laughs> it, 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 it is good to edit with that because you do complete your sentence for the most part. So it makes it easy to edit to. But... um you know, sometimes we would just leave it to see if the signal comes back and see if we can piece a sentence together. Yeah. But most of the time we just couldn't. I think it was good you kept doing it. Yeah. Because obviously it's more challenging to yeah. do it remotely. But remote's been the name of the game. That's that's very true. And not not only that, but we were doing it double as much. What? So we were releasing an episode every week. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, sorry. and we'll just make this an, an announcement right now. Now we're going to be doing it Every two weeks. Obviously, this will release Tuesdays? tomorrow. This is going out tomorrow. Yeah, it doesn't leave us much time to edit, but, you know, it's fine. Well, at least it's going really smoothly so 
<laughs> well, look, we did. So the reason we're doing this is because we did actually have a set of guests lined up, but we let the guests pick their time for when they want to do it. And the the whole array of guests selected weeks in advance, which isn't normal. Like usually it's like out, they give, you know, a week or something. But um, yeah. So now we've technically got no choice but to release it every two weeks. <laughs> You've committed now. But that's fine. But anyway, we're here to talk about low mints. Yeah. So let's let's go into that. We recently did a live talk for a virtual workshop. Yep. On UK Wedding Videographers Facebook group, was it? It was indeed, yeah. So we talked about elopements. Mm-hmm. Well, l- l- let's get on to why uh, the workshop was there. It was there to um, help raise money for the Black Lives Matter movement, which we set a goal at £1,000. I, I can't actually remember the final amount, but we reached our goal, so that was all good. So everyone who was part of that group, good job. Yeah, we being the whole group. Yeah. And Aaron, who pulled it all together behind the scenes, got yes. the speakers involved. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good event. It was all day. And um, yeah, we had a whole host of speakers on. And we're going to be getting some of those guests back for those, because obviously it was a private Facebook group. For those of you who missed it, we're going to get them back to talk about their subjects on the podcast. Um, so I'm actually very excited about that because I, I had to go after our talk, Fathering Duty. And all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, so our talk was about shooting elopements. Uh, we did cover, you know, a whole load about our journey and how we got to rebranding and how elopements became part of our image. But you guys have already heard that as part of many episodes of this podcast already. So we're just going to kind of skip past that point and um, talk about the why you should learn to shoot elopements. Yeah, it's quite a sort of topical thing right now with the whole situation of the world and the UK allowing, I think the UK government's allowing weddings up to 30 people, socially distanced, outdoors. There's so many restrictions that it means that there's going to be a lot more people having small weddings, intimate weddings, elopements, any term you want to use for them. So a lot of us are going to have to get used to filming these weddings where there's less people mm. or there's just a couple. Yeah. So and, thought, and and not only learn to shoot them, but maybe, you know, if you're part of a team, you might even want to be shooting, creating a one-person package to shoot these events because obviously they don't want to give their spaces to you when they could give them to loved ones, say. But yeah, so you'll be finding that you... Uh, we'll probably be shooting uh, smaller weddings naturally just because of the COVID. Uh, but they have been popular in Scotland for ages. You you mentioned on the workshop that, yeah, his- Scotland's got a great history with uh, elopements, right? Yeah, Scotland's a destination that people and couples especially travel to to get married. And it has been for years. Mm-hmm. And it's really been popularised in the last five years or so. Yeah. Like it's had the history with Gretna Green, people from England <laughs> coming up to get married. When they could younger than they could in England. Younger? Yeah. They could get married in Scotland at sixteen, whereas in England it was older, I'm sure. You why can get I'm married sure at sixteen? That's why they came up to Gretna I Green. I don't 
can you is that the same now? I actually do, I'm I I'm so. actually not familiar with those laws at the moment with age. We've never shot a wedding of a 16-year-old. <laughs> no. So maybe not. No 16-year-old has any business getting married. Agreed. I but when I was 16. Hell's bells. <laughs> oh, I knew you were going to fit that in. I'm pretty uh, sure though that's why people that. would come up to Scotland to Greta Green and get married. So that's where the history of eloping and running away to Scotland to get married comes from. Have yeah. you ever shot at Gretna though? No. No. It's <laughs> so shit. <laughs> Ouch. What what is Gretna? I thought I just thought it was an area. Gretna's a town. Okay. Uh near Annan, which is also a town. It's like the first I can't even mind if it's Annan before Gretna. Is it is it Carlin. in the Dumfries and Galloway area? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's whack on the border. Yeah. Aye. Um okay. there's there's not a huge amount going on. It's got that outlet place. Mm-hmm. So it's like the Nike store and the Cadbury. There's, they've got the Cadbury shop, or they used to, like, whenever last time I was there. And you get all, like, the big bags of the Cadbury offcuts that aren't, like, good enough to go in. Oh, right, so it's okay. just, like, like poor-looking chocolate, but it tastes the same, and you just massive bags of it. But weddings, they've got, like, the chapel, the anvil chapel, I think it's called. But it is... How honest are we being? You can be very honest, but... We might judge you for something. I'm sure the mayor of Gretna is not listening. I'm, I'm fairly sure it doesn't have a mayor. <laughs> um, no, the Anvil Hall is... Anvil Hall, yeah, I think that's what it's called. It's okay. The main thing is this, this anvil, obviously, where the name comes from, when they like hit it with a hammer. They hit the anvil with a hammer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As some sort of symbolic, you've been married type thing. Oh, um, that's weird. But there's... It's, it, it's just not close to anywhere. It's yeah. okay, but it's like yeah. it's just like anything else. I don't think they've got. I think all the ones I've done there have been. I think I've done a couple of humanist ones there, mm. and but uh, like religious ones as well. Mm. I think, but there is um, there can be issues with uh, package deals. Let's see, package deals, right? Yeah. For for the chapel, yeah. Okay. You're keeping things super vague. Well, I mean, ugh, I mean, they're not going to ever hear this. They're not moving in that circle. But um, no, you, you can shoot there, even as a photographer as well. And they have like a photographer on site. Okay, yeah. That's, that's um, common practice. Well, m- m- maybe not for a chapel, I suppose. Unless you're Is it common? Well, I know like places like Career have their own kind of photographer. And I know venues have... Uh, relationships with photographers that that photographer will be the yeah 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 but this know. one is like if you get married there mm-hmm. you get a photographer included so all they do is and th- this okay. is th- th- they're very um, it might have changed I mm-hmm. might have this wrong but the it can be a bit of a challenge for the photographer who's actually been chosen to shoot the day Oh, right, okay. When this other one comes up and starts trying to direct things all of a sudden just Ooh. to get the half dozen shots. Yeah. And it's a bit, and they just, they can gun through weddings as well. I've been there when we've been like loading out and the next one's like arriving <laughs> and stuff. And it's a bit like, what's... <laughs> it's that wedding factory, is it? Yeah, essentially. It yeah. has been, which is a shame because I mean, but it is what it is. Yeah. yeah. The town sort of lived off of that history and yeah, not yeah, really yeah. Which is fair moved enough. on. But yeah. I think it was good. It sort of started the whole Scottish wedding scene. Yeah, but elopements like. nowadays are nothing like what 
those were back yeah, in that is, day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, now they're like class. <laughs> and you you can have a lot of fun with them and a lot of personality with them. And yeah. I think, obviously for us, like selfishly, we can have a lot of fun with it because mm. we've got so much more control. Yeah. And we can shoot more like short films almost than sort of a documentary of the day which you can put as much artistic flair on it as you want but mm. you've only got you know you're just constrained by so many things yeah but yeah elopements are good good fun yeah they are good fun stressful I, sometimes but good fun yeah where do you think that stress comes from just the notion that you've got to create something you. <laughs> a job no i don't um, think we've ever shot an elopement together actually have we um, oh was ever shot with greg? greg i think it tends to be You've shot with Greg like, definitely at Ben. Yeah, me and oh, Tom have got shot a, a ton of elopements together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the good ones as well. Yeah, all, all the, the good ones. Yeah, yeah. All the good ones that people <laughs> talk about. Um, right, so let's get on to why people are going to be probably one. Well, no, let's talk about the reason other than the recent laws as to why we started doing elopements. Obviously, it's part of, it, was, it did fit in with the whole branding aspect. Uh, you know, the way we wanted to sell our image. Yeah, um, we're like we're like being in the outdoors and yeah. all that stuff. So it made sense to lean into that mm-hmm. and try and attract more work like that. Yeah. And what we tend what we tended to find is that elopements at, you know, when we look at the UK, there's definitely a wedding season. But it seemed to be that elopements kinda had a season or, you know, they were they were very much placed um, a couple of months before the big wedding season over here started, and then right at the end, which was great actually, because for us we were outside, and that's when you get the good light that time of year. But as well as that, it was a way for us to fill more space in our diaries, essentially, because a lot of people were eloping and having, you know, their elopements midweek, mm-hmm. which was great. Obviously, listeners know I have three kids, so that was great for me and obviously with our brand it's very much wildness weddings out and then in scotland in the countryside films for the enamored and adventurous that that's the one that's the that's the you gotta match my eyes going to sleep at night and that just gets hammered (laughs) all these years later I, i actually really like that line yeah, yeah. It, t- it took a long time to, ca- to come up with that you line. You went, oh my goodness. You were words that had no <laughs> no, no place coming out of your mouth. You like switched your whole vocabulary over like night when you were like figuring out the copy for what, the, what, the brand. That, what was the word that I wanted to call couples that you guys are like, you're definitely not using that word. No one will understand what that means. It was like another word for unique, and it's completely oh, skipping my um, mind. It, it, oh, I know it. Oh, that's really it, annoying. It, I just thought of it. Iconoclast. 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 Yeah, that yes. is the clunkiest word. I freaking love that word. Yeah, no, 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 but nobody uses it, and it just sticks out like, oh, look, I'm using fancy words. <laughs> it's not a word that anybody, I can't, you, you can't pronounce it proper. Iconoclast. When was the last time you said that? In like day to day life, and don't lie to me. Well, when was the last time you said uh, enamored? Enamored, yeah, you had to be enamored with something. I'm enamored with you, Tom. Well, understandably. <laughs> um, no, but iconoclast it's just a, and it's not even. It doesn't technically make sense. It does. 
No, but it's not iconoclast. Is that not very singular? I was. If all your corporals are iconoclasts, then mm, I w- Yeah, but in our copy, it's very much only talking to the a one person. No, 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 no. Yeah, that makes sense. But I'm. But I'm. You did enamored and adventurous. Yeah, and it fits our brand. Hopefully, you'll be able to go through our Instagram and and go. Oh yes, that that is their brand. That is that is what they do. Although maybe recently, if you checked out some of our Facebook stuff, um, we've been pushing city elopements. I was going to say that city elopements. That I was just thinking about that when you were talking about elopements. There, I was like, mm. you Scotland, Highlands, Sky, Glencoe. It's what you picture. Those, yeah, that's when you think of Scotland for elopements. That's where you go. Yeah, that's why people come here. That's why it's a destination. But the interesting thing is city elopements as well because mm. they're less. I would say maybe less common in general than yeah. adventure ones, but and I don't yeah. see a lot of work ar- around say elopements yeah. really. I think it's yeah. because so far up until now, for elopements, it's tended to be in our situation usually maybe eighty to ninety percent foreign couples mm. coming here for the countryside. Yeah. yeah. Whereas from now onwards, for the next few months at least, I can see there being some local Scottish people wanting Absolutely. to get a legal marriage yeah, yeah. Mm. which will maybe be a registrar office yeah and mm-hmm. then a shoot around the city yeah yeah because the whole the whole sort of <laughs> landscape of wins has changed in general that now you know if you have a sort of if you have a basically you know you would get your registry office type thing shot which there's so much you can do with that but that would be great for getting you know just cut away stuff to help tell a story but then yeah you know you can just bounce about the city mm-hmm. like you and a photographer or whatever in the couple this that and the next thing and i think you can still have a lot of fun with it and just because it's not the most common thing and the, the the advantage is like guys like you who you can see specialize in elopements really like you know how to make it work it's as you were saying on that chat it was about like also knowing where to be Mm. and like how to plan it a lot of it's the planning and then being able to react when things don't go your way you get shouted at by an angry landowner (laughs) um so that's like yeah i think there's a lot of suppliers but a huge amount everyone wants to do elopements yeah but the way you approach elopement is totally different to how you approach a wedding for me filming wise Mm. i think if a lot of companies tried to take the way they shot a wedding mm-hmm. and applied it to elopement, they're gonna struggle. I am. I'm actually trying to shoot more like an elopement at a wedding, though. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> not the moment. Nobody's getting married. <laughs> not at the moment. I'm not shooting anything. I know what you mean. But yeah, but it, yeah, you're right. The there there isn't many people doing city elopements. Um, I don't think there's many city elopements in general. Although, well, in yeah. the last yeah. couple of years, I've seen well, they're more very and more. they're very popular in the states, like as. Mm. Greg mentioned in the workshop, um, a few of our people who have already been guests on this podcast are very well known for doing um, the Chicago wedding um, elopement. Who's and, that? And yeah. you go Eric Floberg or uh, Melody Joy. Melody the Joy. Side of things. Mm-hmm. Floberg's a dude with a hat, isn't he? It, yes, he, had, he does have a hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like the, the big peaky chap. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. He's good. He is good. Like him. He just, he's a genuine a genuine guy, which mm. I like. Mm-hmm. 
Plus, he's he's been in the game for quite a while, and only now just finding success. Whereas I, f- I feel like a lot of people come into this industry going, "I'm going to be a goddamn rock star right now." Ah, <laughs> no, you're not. Which hey, it's it's fine if if you know you think like that, but we we've been shooting weddings for ten years now. <laughs> Dinosaurs, man. I know, honestly. Uh, but yeah, so if if you're thinking, hey, I've never really shot an elopement before, or, or maybe you haven't even thought of what an elopement would look like for your brand, you know, maybe consider start putting out stuff for set elopements because, yeah. And well, in fact, with this whole situation, we have found that obviously people move their wedding back, but they still, the ones that are later in the year, are still going to be having a marriage ceremony. Mm-hmm. So that could be something that your clients might be doing as well, which is great. Yeah, they split it up. Mm. Um, I actually really like that as well. I think, like, we, as the visual side of weddings, photographers, video guys, etc., we have an advantage in this situation because smaller... Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just, I'm excited to what you're going to say. I think this coffee's just hit me, sorry. I wonder what it would like to have a coffee hit me right now. (laughs) Blame Claire. Anyway. I like that um, now. Anyway, when you go. So the whole thing where couples are going to have smaller, you know, ceremonies and or elopement type mm-hmm. things. And not all of them, but it's fair to assume a fair chunk of them will want a big celebration with everyone down the line in the future. Oh, yes. But they're still going to, people still want to show off their day. Mm-hmm. Not show off in a showy off way, but like just share their day mm-hmm. with they're nearest and dearest, etc. Yeah. So you're not going to get a candy cart and an elopement. I think I think it is a good time. It's like not the end of the world for your photographers and filmmakers because people will still want their day documented. Yes. Yeah. It's even um, more important to capture the yeah yeah exactly the visuals of what you're doing at this time because people can't be there because, because of restrictions. So there's the hook mm. for the client. It's like. Well, yes. some you you want your pals to see this, you know, won't you? Mm-hmm. Book me. Yeah. So now you now you're talking upselling stuff. So let's talk about, and we very much skipped past this section in the workshop because kit is kit. It's kind of boring at this point. I'm done with people talking about equipment all the time. Unless it's me telling Greg to upgrade to the new Canon uh, R6 <laughs> uh, when it comes out. Wow, you're skipping the R5. Oh shit, it's a 5. Damn it! <laughs> That's anyway, that, see, I don't even know what kit I want. It's, uh, yeah, anyway, I find kit boring. I don't find it boring. I do enjoy it, obviously. But it blinds me sometimes to issues that I should be focusing on. I think like storytelling and specific though, kit is, does have an importance. Yes, and we're going to go into that. In fact, we can, Sorry, we can, I have done zero prep for this. It's, I just walked it's, in because it, I was bored. <laughs> absolutely fine. You you can be like asking questions or putting points of view on that we haven't maybe thought about. Let's talk. I don't want to tell you what kit you should have for what event. I'm just going to... We're just going to talk about what equipment we have and how we use it for the films that we make. Yeah. At this point, whatever camera you've got is of good enough quality like image quality wise and whatever to create your films, I'm sure. Yeah. It's just how you're utilizing it. And when it comes to an elopement, how you utilize the equipment 
is a bit different to how you utilise it on an actual wedding day. Let's talk about what our kit used to look like for for weddings and elopements, because that's fun if you can remember. We'll talk. Well, we'll just briefly run over the kit that we used to have, not by brands, just items. So we used to have multiple tripods, we used to, of varying sizes, as well as two monopods, as well as a slider that would fit on top of one of the tripods. And that would have a rotating head, so you can remove the camera on and off. We used to have how many cameras did we used to take to our wedding? We Four? had a we had a GoPro. Well, if you count the GoPro, then I don't know five maybe. Yeah. Okay. We used to have about five cameras. These these models have changed throughout the years. How many lenses? We used to have a fisheye. We used to have like a fish crazy. Eye. Not well. It was twelve mil. It's not quite a fisheye, but mm. it was very white. Um. Well. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Why? Why, Tom? <laughs> Although the, the, the look, I remember when I was first starting to get familiar with Cinemate, there was like this sort of look. It was just mm-hmm. naughty wide. It was naughty some wide. some bits. Yeah. And well, I remember seeing that. For signs, I used to love going within like what, a couple of feet of them with the wide angle and get like forcing the distortion of the signs or something. I just thought it was interesting, which it can be a cool shot, but it's just not. Just doesn't interest me anymore. Things change. Yeah. Okay. Thing, things change. Exactly. Things change. God, what else? We had a. We had a. a I can't even remember what they're called. Motorized time lapse slider. Yep. They're good. Not for weddings. No. Not for weddings. See, I think we used it once. We did. And it was kind of pointless. Mm. Used it another time, and then we we're like, "Nah, screw that." No. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. We. Yeah. Yeah. We used to have timers we used to have loads of recorders tape all sorts of cables and wires and uh, yeah what else uh varying nds variable nds <laughs> like uh shotgun microphones for our cameras all the gear no idea well, we had some idea, but all the kit and stuff. Yeah. Of shit. Oh, uh, <laughs> a glycam. Gl- <laughs> gl- we did buy a gimbal. Just a whole host of things. Things that you're sold on with the idea that you need them to get these amazing cinematic shots. But you're not interested about kit. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> this is the old me. Okay, like I said, we've been doing this for ten years. It's definitely a learning experience. So that was kit that we shot with and it was a lot of kit that we shot that's that's too much kit what our kit looks like now is um i shoot with a canon 1d mark ii 1dx mark ii sorry with a 24 to 70 lens and i also have a, a 70 to 200 um lens in there as well not that I use it that often um, but it's good just in case to have and Greg you shoot with the Panasonic yep yeah normally GH5 with the 1835 on it mm-hmm. although sometimes I'll decide to whack on 24 to 70 just to change it up a wee bit yeah nothing wrong with that it's fine and for audio Oh, uh, well, supporting gear, we have usually in the car one tripod, one monopod. Uh, so, that's all you need. And yeah, that's it. And an X-Trap. 
Um, funny, neck straps always get a bad rap for being amateur. You're like, oh, the tourists have got neck straps, you know. But if you, they're they're such a great tool. Like, I love my neck strap. Anyway, um, audio gear wise, what do we have? Sony TX six fifties. How many of those do we have? A, a for couple. an elopement, have two of them in the bag. Yeah, because quite often put one on the bride, mm-hmm. and then maybe one on the celebrant, depending yeah. on what they're wearing. Mm-hmm. But other than that, Zoom H one with lav, yeah, and a windshield for that. Windshield is really important. Can get windy. Yeah, that's a must have. You can make your own little windshields for the TX six fifties. You can, yeah. I would suggest doing that. Yeah, would you? Do you have any resources for people to check out for that? Google duct tape. <laughs> Google furry stuff and duct tape. There you go. Uh, do we have any microphones on our cameras? No, we don't. Um, it's literally running bare bones. Yeah, not not for the moment. In fact, no, no, we don't. Well, you don't. You do. So I forget. I'm. Separate it's fine. sometimes. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> What's the cinematic party like? Here? <laughs> um, you know, sometimes I will bring my light cam if I feel like I want to. But again, I yeah, I try to avoid it uh, because obviously it is my crutch, and you do not need it. But you're good at it. But I am very good at it. So it's not it, not a lot of people that are good at it. It's <laughs> very true. Um. But yeah, it, it's, you know, some shots for a glycam can be very handy if you're in the back of a van shooting or, you know, you want to get a little bit of smoother running motion or, you know, whatever it may be. But uh, that's only me. I would never take a gimbal. I only take a glycam because it's physics based. And if I want to, I'll use it instead of a monopod, essentially. Uh, so it will either be the monopod or the glycam that I take. Memory cards, obviously. Uh, batteries charged, obviously. Keep your batteries uh, literally close to your chest if you're... Keep them warm. Because mm-hmm. if they get cold, they lose charge, and then you're up the top of the hill with no power. That's right. So, yeah, always keep your batteries literally close to your chest. Yes. yes. And the radios are vital if you're <gasps> yeah. staying in contact in a convoy. And you've got to create code names for each car. Oh, code names! I love code names. Code names <laughs> is my favorite. Uh, so that is our kit, essentially. Is there any more that we take for elopements? No, not for elopements. Uh, for weddings, maybe an extra. Well, we take two monopods for the ceremonies. We shoot with the twenty seventy two hundreds, definitely for a ceremony, unless it's a small ceremony. Slightly more audio recorders for speeches and speakers. And uh, an ARRI 650 watt spotlight that we use for the dancing. But that's for a wedding. Although that does stay in the car, so... Decent, comfy kit bag for elopements is... It will help immensely. Well, actually, that's one thing that we didn't mention. We had the Inspire one in a Pelly case. Pelly case is not good. No, pellet cases are phenomenal. They're great. Well, oh, yeah, okay. But <laughs> well, we had for one, what they're designed for. Yeah, we had one for wedding to take kit into weddings, and it still didn't work. It was it was too difficult. Your your two bags, the ruck, putting everything in the rucksack is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great if you're doing a destination uh, video, if you're doing elopements, if you're doing weddings. Just the 
the rucksacks is perfect. Yeah, you, don't you, need you a can get case. so much more in such a smaller space now. So if you can think of a wedding ve- venue that doesn't have the stone chips at the front, there you go. Going over stone chips on a pillowcase, <laughs> I hate it. Pet peeve of mine. I mean, you, you, do, you do put all of your gear in the one massive pillowcase, which oh. means you can't eat. Oh, yes. Hold it if it was. Anyways. Anyway, yeah, we're, we're going off topic. One of the events that led us to change our kit, and this is good that you're here because you'll remember this, Uh-oh. is when we shot. Well, one, we did our first elopement with Victoria and Christopher. Mm-hmm. Hi, Victoria and Christopher. I love you. Is that your first one? That was our first elopement. Yeah. Yeah. So we arranged that. We did that elopement for free with the idea that. Um, there weren't any limitations as to what we would create because we weren't sh- we weren't sure what an element film would look for us. Mm-hmm. So we went out and you know we went a little bit extreme. We did. I I avoided taking my crutch, which was my Glycam. So everything was handheld. I uh, had one lens, one camera, a couple of audio recorders, and that was maybe a monopod and a tripod. I think we did have monopod. Yeah, you know um, you didn't um, you didn't avoid. But, what? Using my prisms. The mountain. <laughs> oh, for <laughs> sake, man. You had it now as well. <sighs> let's not tell That's, the. Let's not tell the time that has been told d- about twenty <laughs> times on this podcast. <laughs> no, but so funny. Right. Okay. All you have to do is let's, crash a drone once. Well, let's let's talk about the other story that we maybe haven't told our listeners before, which involves you. I have so no the idea other what this the is. other uh, uh, the other event that made us change our kit was the promotional film that we did. Now, do you remember? We shot in Sky. We were supposed to shoot in Sky two days. And the first day we shot in Sky, but it was absolutely torrential. And we got some amazing so- shots, but I had booked the Airbnb. I will never be in charge of that job again because the Airbnb that I got <gasps> us was like two oh, hours away. <laughs> two yeah, hours yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, off yeah. of the island. Yeah, you off, forgot that, off. you know, water was a thing. <laughs> yeah, off, yeah, it looked really close. <laughs> but, yeah, like, but even on the Airbnb <laughs> listing, it says, be aware, it looks like it's very close <sighs> to the sky. We are 30 miles not. down a single track road. <laughs> yes. I always yeah. see the road, like whenever we go back up yeah. the sky, I, I can always see the turn off. However, it did actually end up working f- well exactly. for us. It, it worked out really well. Because that video that is not... Only about a third of it is shot on Sky. Yeah, yeah. the the only The only shot I can really remember was the kind of one of Greg and I on the Kerrang, looking all. What blah, a blah, blah. class shot that is! It, it is a class shot, isn't it? It's really good. But so, about twenty miles up this single track road that Greg mentioned, was a waterfall, mm. kind of up the hills. Quite yeah, far you away. You could only just see it from like the road. <laughs> like it was like you had to be going down the road yeah. towards the accommodation. But and it was you massive. You just saw it and you're like, that's a thing. That's it's a gorgeous thing. And it was massive and you knew that no one go no one's gone up there. It's probably a very good reason. But. And, well, there is a very good reason. So we stay we find the Airbnb, we stay there, and on that day we're like I'm too tired to drive to Sky and then drive back home that day. So we saw that waterfall. There's some amazing scenery just along that 30 miles of road, which it was. It was absolutely beautiful. And it was a glorious sunny day. Let's just go to the waterfall. And we have our equipment in the backpacks. But hey, (gasps) when we get there, 
the Inspire. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. We're like, hey, this would be cool to use the drone for this waterfall. So we carry the Inspire 1. In its big box. In this huge big box. Did we take turns? Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. Take, uh, we took turns Tuesday in it up the hill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so big. And then you've got everything else you needed on your back as well. Yeah. yeah. And it's about. it was about an hour hike up, wasn't it? Through marshy grass, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you had, if it, it was a, yeah, if it was a nice there day, there was no well, path. Yeah, it was a nice day. It's just the waterfall landed on the ground and just dissipated over the whole hill. It it seemed. I think the higher we got up, it got definitely a bit more. Yeah, not so nice. Not so not so easy to no. get through. But it is suited. I mean, it suited the visual look. It did, like, and we got well. We got some cracking images. I think it was. I think it was Andy, Andy Samuel asked on the workshop how how much research we put into finding locations and mm. knowing areas. So usually for an elopement, a lot of research is put in finding spots that you're wanting to go to, but you've, as we mentioned a lot on the talk, you have to be flexible. Mm. And this is one of the situations that we just sort of stumbled across this. We'd done our research, knew we wanted to go in sky, mm. situations weren't right, stumbled across this and it was just... A perfect find. Yeah. Yeah. So that, it was quite unique though, because I, I think if that was an elopement and you had a couple with you, yeah. I'm not sure the same decision would have been made. But like the three of us were just like, since it was just us mm. and we had the sort of time to an extent, we yeah. didn't have any other pressures and yeah. we were all a bit like, we're up here. We might as well. Might as well. Takes um, takes about six or seven hours to drive up to Sky yeah. from here. Are we telling the, the story in the back of, of the van of Greg? Oh, I was in the back of the van. With no windows. With no window <laughs> and like a seat that was just sort of jiffied in. I, I, I totally forgot in. about that. It was, seat a was seat professionally extension. fitted. Yeah. Well, it felt jiffy. <laughs> I was surrounded by all this kit. I was felt like I was getting kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. I mean you could have opened the whiskey and, you know, had a had a couple of nips. But uh, what, yeah. was, what was the story you were going to say there? Um, the to the Inspire when we were shooting, <laughs> when when so Greg was flying. When what time of year was it? I was it not October. Yeah, it probably it? would have been. Uh, I think we shot the boat stuff in the New Year. Yeah, mm. but I I remember whatever it was, it was midgy season. Oh yeah. Yeah, obviously it was getting more moisture in there than higher we got and we had to find a sort of viewpoint-esque type place so Greg could fly the drone to get these um, sort of you know the classic sort of coming over the waterfall the almost parallax depth mm. view thing it gives you um, <laughs> so we get the drone to the, and also the fact that we took the drone meant it was getting used absolutely just to justify it mm-hmm. Greg's nodding furiously yep um so obviously the whiskey, eh, not the whiskey, the midges, sorry. Greg, I, I have never, Greg is a calm individual. Greg <laughs> operates at a very sort of chill, chill. A chill, even even keel yeah. guy. He's a bit yeah. like, very little gets him upset. Mm-hmm. I've never seen him properly angry. Um, He's just, he's just nice. He's just he's so nice chill. Nice Greg. Now, this is the first time I'd ever seen Greg. True Greg, he was an angry boy, but poor lad. So we've got all the midgy spray you could want, etc. Obviously, we're all like kitted up, walking wise, all the you know thermals and rain. Well, not Greg and I, because we we were dressed to be shot. 
So we had on our, our shirt, our vest. Yeah, for the scenes. Our, aye. Like, we didn't have waterproofs going up. Did we? No. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. No, you two pillocks went in woolly jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> And like, and, right. like, and like the boots that like look cool, but like yeah. when it comes to Marsh, didn't do anything. Hey, I think Greg's boot- feet were wet for 72 hours. My boots were yeah. absolutely fine. My boots were amazing. My T- Doc some- Martens let in a lot of water. Oh, man. Timberlands, man. That's the way to go. Anyway. But yeah, so Greg he was, starts to fly the drone. Obviously has to concentrate. Um, was that the drone that the cameras operated independently? Yeah. Yes. Right, okay. So the midges start and... Poor Greg, man. He couldn't. He couldn't wipe anything away. The oh. rain was starting as well. He couldn't, and he was just going. That's when his face was going red. I think I'm cutting about with the umbrella we had or something or something, and I'm like opening and closing it and trying to keep the midges away and just yeah. squirting this spray everywhere. I'm pretty just, sure at one point we let off a smoke bomb just to try and. I think it was a cigar. Oh, was that a cigar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. I let a cigar because like I thought midges didn't like um, smoke. Yeah, like tobacco smoke. And all it meant was Greg was getting a face full of <laughs> secondhand cigar smoke while getting bitten. Um, but like absolute 100% props to Greg. He managed to get the shot, land it, and then all... And, and well, and then we, we just co- had to take everything back down. Well, we continued shooting. Home. Remember there's a... We have a... We have this booklet that we give our couples. And in it, Greg's standing on the hill with a smoke that was at the the, the bottom of the waterfall yeah yeah. oh I, I nearly is, died three times yeah, getting that it. shot I was putting myself in places none of us should be and I remember you saying it's like mate if you're going down just throw the 1D <laughs> like in the opposite direction yeah. yeah and we'll be we'll be golden we'll see you down <laughs> downstream yeah so <laughs> that that was the incident that made us go we cannot have this happen again. Mm, can't like Greg get near there again. <laughs> I might get near there if this podcast doesn't get back on track. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, so um, the reason why we changed was obviously that, but we, we did find that it actually enhanced our films because in reducing our kit, it allowed us to move more nimbly, become less noticeable. Like it, if you have, if you're having to move tripods and equipment from room to room all the time, you're going to be missing moments. Not yeah. only, ju- not only just missing moments, but m- missing the opportunity to capture all those emotions, which happen straight away, like after a ceremony. Say, like the bride and groom come out, and their family are quick out behind them, and they're hugging and they're kissing, and they're well, maybe not now, but they used to be hugging and kissing, and you know, if you're if you're having to derig to get out of the church, you'd miss shots all the time. With Jack was designed from the ground up and is tailored specifically for creatives. Whether you provide a service like design, development, or photography, or offer advice to clients, with Jack is for you. It's focused on creatives. Insurance shouldn't be complicated, so with Jack has made every step easy. You'll deal with one form and talk to one Jack as you sign up, get covered, and move on with your day. With Jack is all about bespoke insurance for creatives. Simple. That doesn't mean more forms or faff, it means less. It's not about endless features and stale service. It's about one solid policy and the personal touch. Bye bye, unnecessary fuss. Hello, creative friendly insurance. Be a confident creative. We're not going to talk about 
how you go ahead and get these elopements because we've covered this sort of topic on previous episodes of the podcast where essentially it's it's about uh, marketing, creating content and, you know, releasing the, con- the content that you want to get. But you've now got elopements now in your book. You're thinking, what, what now? What now? What now? What now? And what you'll probably find is elopements are actually, in general, harder work. They're more work. Yeah, there's a lot goes into them before you even get to the day. Mm. The sort of communication with the couple tends to be a lot more intensive because you want to help with planning where to do things, help with advising on times to avoid tourists, also to get the best light, mm. and just all those sort of things are going to need to be going back and forward with the couple, Zoom calls, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, getting to know other pieces of gear like Google Maps for location hunting. Like, you're going to be wearing a lot of hats on the day of an elopement. That's a given. Tom's laughing at that metaphor there. Yeah, enjoy that one. Uh-huh. It's because he's famous for that green hat never coming off his head. Oh, that's true. We've been this one, many hats, not This Tom, one, one uh, hat. was, I wore it at an elopement. Top tip, wear a peak cap at an elopement so you can block any light coming from the sky so you can see your screen. And it also acts as a little shade if it's sunny. And we've been on the top of hills, gusting winds, Mm. and that hat doesn't come off his head. Nope. That is actually... Well, remember being on the crank when my hat got blown off my head. (laughs) Yeah. I was raging. But then I found it again. It was great. I love that hat. Anyway, (laughs) so talking about many roles in the day, you're going to be doing so much work beforehand. In fact, there was one couple, and I believe they were from... Texas. Ka-Texas. Ka-Texas. Very, yeah, Texas. And, um, you know, it's a, we shoot in Glencoe a lot, so we try to make things a little bit different for our couples, give them a little bit of a different experience for us as well. Um, and I used, you know, we were shooting at the Three Sisters, and I used Google Maps to essentially find a very specific location at what is known as one of the busiest locations to be in at Glencoe but if you don't know Glencoe it's kind of like this little valley and you drive down one side of it and there's this huge big car park for tourists to stop and they they do very often stop well we decided to do some research try and use the other side and and it turned out great in fact in our film it looked like the couple are just in the hills there's no one there It's, it's perfect yeah, there's a lot of communicating that with the couple to mm. let them know, like, this is the iconic spot you want, but if we just go a few hundred feet this way, you'll still get that iconic view, but you'll be way more secluded. Yeah. Plus, on the way there, I mean, you can get the shots from the other side, and then if you go for a wee, a wee walk or whatever it is, um, you'll be obviously location hunting, but with that location hunting... Uh, check in travel times if you're using a sat nav I should probably say if you're in the wild you should be checking your sat nav locations just to make sure they take you offline maps as well yeah, yeah. offline map. yes offline paper maps. maps redundancy redundancy with yeah. elopements because mm-hmm. it's going to go wrong yeah There's nothing- you don't want to be the couple look to you Yeah, you're the expert yeah, yeah if you've come up with all these class ideas and then things start going wrong, they're going to be like, uh, 
What? <laughs> yeah. You're also going to be asked to, to be a witness. So, you know, if there's any legal documents that you need to sort out beforehand, which there is not, is there? Prehand stuff. It's all on the day for that kind of role. Yeah. Witness, yeah. But this is also the time, you know, before the elopement to communicate with the photographer. Now, this is actually super important if you're a filmmaker and if you're a photographer, reach out to the filmmaker as well because you guys are you guys and gals are going to be sharing ideas and you're going to have to probably get used to the idea of shooting together. Maybe you don't work with a videographer that often. We're actually super nice people in general. You know, we're not those weird annoying people who always get in your shots. I'm, I'm sure that will happen from time to time. But Depends who you work with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be general, Tom. Oh, sorry. <laughs> on, on weddings, we as cinema take the approach of it's a collaborative effort mm. on the couple shooting stuff anyway. Mm. But when it comes to an elopement, that's even more obvious that it needs to be a collaboration between the photographer and the filmmaker mm-hmm. on the locations, the sort of the approach to shooting, like... Are you more sort of just take a walk over that direction and we'll get shots? Or are you more stand here in this way? Yeah. So it's even more so in an elopement. You need to collaborate together as mm-hmm. the visual team. Yeah, you're not a director. It's not your day. It's not your mm. thing. You are a supplier. The couple are the boss. So don't be like, you know, who left their phone on? Sorry, that was mine. <laughs> um, don't, don't be like, you know, bickering with your sort of camera equivalent on the other side because it's it's pointless. It doesn't make any sense. Like, And, you know, if they're not that easy to get on with, diddums, suck it up. Get on <laughs> with your job. Go on to the next one. Don't moan about it. Because like, yeah. if you start getting mopey on the day, like, it's, you know, they're paying you to be there mm-hmm. and to work hard for them. And but we're not you, on the day yet, Tom. Well, this, is, this, is, this is pre-day. I know, but this is a point, like, you need to talk to the photographer and the uh, your humanist or the celebrant yes that's some um, is and, that written down i can't see the screen no it's, it's not <laughs> um it's just bullet points that we've got to oh, lead okay. the conversation mm, uh that's gone well another thing that people another relationship that people maybe forget about is that you know allowments do on the very rare occasion have a planner involved yes this is an interesting relationship, I would say, because a planner might not always know how to best plan for an elopement in terms of thinking about the video and photographs and lighting and things like this. Mm-hmm. So that relationship is really good to keep keep a, a clear line of communication because the planner might schedule something and then it might be your role to come in and say, hey, the couple are wanting this from us with this timetable. It's not going to be feasible to do things the, the way they want. So can we maybe change times here? Can we move things about over here? Yeah. Yeah, it's just compromise. It is a compromise. But know, it's also education as well. Yeah, yeah, being yeah. A nice, because like, a nice person to, like, you know. Because there's, there'll be elements of you know planning it that we don't think about. Oh yeah, that oh, when, that, but the only reason you're going to be told is if you listen. So mm-hmm. that's why you need to have the like, as you say, the conversations with everyone else there on the day. So if yeah. you've got, if you're sitting with an elopement booking right now and you've got no idea who you're working with, that's an issue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, get, I would get on, get on that email now and uh, yeah. try and figure that out because it's 
almost more important, or no, it definitely it, is more important, more important, than, important. Than, than an actual wedding. Yeah. Um, although, yeah, still the same place though, and anyone that you're sort of directly going to be working with or communicating with on the day, reach out and say hello. Yeah. Although it's really sad when they never get back to you. <laughs> Does that happen a lot, Tom? <laughs> so often. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, be flexible is um, a very good tip in general with these things. If yeah, someone learning. comes back with a, with a time... Don't be like, no, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, don't be a petulant child no. about things. Just be like, hey, this might not work for this, for this. And, you know, if things can move, great. But if they can't, it's our job to 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 work with it. Especially now, like, if there's people coming into it, you could have photographers that have not really done a lot of elopement stuff now. Because mm. elopements are generally going to have photographer before they have video yeah. in general. Um, it's becoming a bit more common that they'll have two if budget allows, etc. Two photographers. Uh, two, oh, sorry, the, the, uh, the I, video I, and video photo. And photo. Yeah. Um, but it's it's important because now, like, there's going to be from both sides people coming into it just through necessity, mm-hmm. um, because you know that's where the work's going to be. So yeah. you have to pivot and go there. It's going to be it's, it's important for people to be thinking about how they can help each other and learn especially if they're two new people coming into it mm. new to elopements you can be great at weddings but an elopement's a whole different kettle of cats yeah um the principle's the same but almost everything else about it is so different you have to approach it differently yeah so yeah if you're yeah. new and getting into it and just just ask the other person what's your experience with elopements mm-hmm. like can you help me like there's no yeah be egos here it's mm-hmm. like because the more help you get and the more you understand, the better your day is going to go and the marginally less stressful it could yeah. be. And then everyone's happy. Yes, absolutely. And if you're the type of videographer who maybe just goes along for the couple shoot and just shoots over the shoulder, I would maybe say you want to get a little bit more involved with an element. Mm. Don't just stand back and let the photographer only do his thing. Yeah, I'm not. It depends. I came out wrong. I'm or not her. saying. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I'm. Tr- I was trying to say that in a way that doesn't sound like. Oh, don't let the photographer take up all your time. Because that's not. Did that come out that way? Maybe I didn't. I don't know. Other things you should be uh, aware of when you're planning an elopement, and obviously, we do the wild elopements. This will help any kind of elopement, but be prepared for whatever conditions you will be shooting in just because it's a wedding an elopement it does not mean you need to dress like the way you do you oh, know, hell no. you, you don't be wearing a suit and tie nah, 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 or nah. you know a kilt in scotland um definitely don't wear a kilt in scotland you'll get ticked what tick you'll oh. get ticks oh my god don't talk to me about ticks god damn anyway sense <laughs> suitable clothing Ponchos. Bring ponchos for the couple. You will be the hero. If you bring ponchos and hand warmers for the couple, you're asking these two poor people to like go to these horrible, amazing looking places, but tough, like weather-wise, cold, mm-hmm. pissing down, whatever. If you tell them to do that and then you have no way of like protecting them against it when you've stopped, when you've wrapped, yeah. they don't like you. Yes. Ponchos and hand warmers. Yes. Snacks. So sorry. F- no, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Important. You're absolutely it's right. Important. It is important. Very important. It's not about us. Uh for yourself, super clothes and boots, umbrellas and blankets for yourself to be prepared. 
Tom's just mentioned for the couple, what Greg and I like to do is have a, like a little go bag that we just we keep in the car. In that, yes, snacks, water, heat heat pads, like you know the stuff, the ones you can crack and then put into gloves and stuff. Hand sanitizer. Ha- now you'll need hand sanitizer. There's been sanitizer. an update to the bag. <laughs> yeah, it's been an update. 2020 <laughs> season. Um, this is a celebration, and people might not think about this, but bring bubbly, hey. To give them after the ceremony. Oh, champagne. Yeah. All oh, right. Or prosecco or whatever. The- <laughs> you meant like, bubbles. Like, yeah. Or like <laughs> bubble bath. <laughs> we bubble like, bath. Okay. Yeah. If you're going to the fairy pools, are they sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Oh, can you imagine the trouble you would get in? <laughs> oh, oh man. Or you know, if it fits your brand, like it does for us, whiskey. Or we have given coffee before. One of our couples, uh, one of the grooms, loved coffee, so we got him a really nice um, bourbon aged coffee so that was really nice and that you know it's again communicating that relationship with with your clients couples as well uh and yeah just shove it in your bag have it ready to go and you will be like tom said their best friend on the day if you maybe think about something that they've maybe missed out on or yeah you yeah. can't you can't be too prepared for an elopement mm-hmm. no you cannot no you can be too unprepared mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. easily mm-hmm. yes uh, so yes, the day has arrived for you and your couple. It's their Loman day. I hope by now you filled up your car with fuel the day before. You've got snacks in your bag for yourself, for the couple, in their go bag. You've got yourself lunch, all these easy things to forget, and you head off to preps. At the preps, you're probably not going to notice any difference really, apart from it might be a little bit more quiet. Less people. There'll be a lot less people, I would assume. Yeah, it's going to be more chilled out. Yeah. It really depends on the kind of elopement, though. Because obviously, and we haven't really talked about this yet, but there are kind of two kinds of elopements. There's one where it's just a couple. Mm-hmm. And there's two that's more like a small wedding. <laughs> now, When they try and book the elopement package. When they try to book the elopement package, <laughs> but they've really got family and friends there. I don't that, mind. That's an important thing to sort of highlight, actually. Because mm. for us, if there are any guests at all, it's a small wedding. We don't class it as an elopement. Yeah. So I would make sure and ask the couple sort of, oh, who's going to be there? Find that out because you could get caught out and be like actually shooting a wedding. Yeah. Even if there's only like 15, 20 guests, mm. that's a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. But just because there's wedding guests doesn't mean you can't approach it like an elopement. No. Like it just the, means this, the elements yeah. of the day change to be more wedding-like yeah. than elopement. That's the challenge, though, isn't it? Because the numbers are small, like that illegally allowed are small. Mm-hmm. The 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 difference between elopement and a full wedding is so much smaller now. Yeah, just on numbers. So, like, that's a good point. We're like talking to the client or the couple, sorry, and figuring out. Yeah, but how many people are actually going to be there? Mm. Because if it's just the couple and a celebrant and a paper, for example, that's fine. That's still an elopement or yeah. doing their thing. But you can't approach it like an elopement if you're in the middle of nowhere and they've got guests. Because what are the guests going to do? Just stand about while you take them away on an adventure for two hours? Well, we did shoot... So the re- the, we- the the elopement that I bring up with this, or the yeah, small yeah. wedding, is Alexis and Andrew's wedding. We've titled it... Uh, we've titled their film Rough Roads. It got us nominated for The Way Up North, uh, Best wedding video in Europe if you go on our Vimeo you can have a look at this we 
we always, in the terminology, we always refer to this as an elopement, even though it was a small wedding because there was family. Yeah, when we released it, we sort of used it as an elopement, Mm. but the booking was for a wedding film. Yes. Because they had, it was maybe only 12 guests, Mm -hmm. but they also had a dinner booked, which we weren't going to film, but we ended up going along because we were having such a good day and they were going to a Michelin star restaurant. So we were like, we'll come along. Yes, please. We got some food. (laughs) It was delicious. And we did actually film some speeches and stuff. But we did kind of treat that as an allotment from when the ceremony ended. Obviously, they said hello to the family, but their family went off. And then that was like our our allotment time. Yeah. uh, Although we had originally done a lot of the couple stuff kind of before the ceremony, which is actually, you know, in the planning stage of the allotment was actually really important because we got the chance to educate Andrew on uh, this idea of a first look, mm-hmm. uh, which is funny because you think it's a, an American tradition, but he'd actually n- never heard of it and wanted to see the bride walking down the aisle. But we had a conversation, a few conversations actually with Andrew and Alexis, and you know there wasn't going to be enough time to get some footage. And I think Alexis thought it would be nice to spend some time, like more time on the day with them. Yeah. Um. So we did the first look before the ceremony. And that, that moment kind of made the film. Yeah, it was an amazing viewpoint where they did that. And then we stumbled across some wild horses on the yeah. way back to the car. We got trapped in the field because <laughs> yeah. they, they they were right in front of the bit that you stand up to get over the fence. And we're like, uh, these are wild horses. I don't feel too comfortable getting really close to them. And there was a couple of them. So it's, you could not not walk behind one. So it's like, oh my God. Anyway. Yes. You never want to walk around that. Uh, you don't want to walk behind a horse, ever. Uh-huh. I, no, I agree. Okay, okay. Agree. Well, no, you no, it was know. just the way it was. you were speaking. I was trying Got to like, picture it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That very unique <laughs> situation. Uh, but, yeah, so after the ceremony, we, you know, it was a, you know, it was Elendonen, Elendonen Castle, however you pronounce it. And then the drive to Sky, and we just stopped off on the way and did stuff and, you know, the sun went down and we got to the dinner and we dropped the couple off and then it was, they had a dinner. Was this the film you changed the aspects on? Uh, no, no, no. That was a snowy one. The first one of the year in Norway was the one I changed the aspect yeah. ratio on. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was. We went from super narrow. Three by one. Yeah. Three by one. Super narrow. 1980 by 886. Eight, yes. Which is the aspect ratio of Nobody a phone. Nobody uses. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> you're right. No one, it's not like a professional, professional, it's not like a common used aspect ratio. But for, for whatever reason, it's the aspect ratio that phones use. iPhones being the most popular, I just thought. Whenever you open up this video on a phone, I wanted it to be full screen right off the bat. And that's what you'd experience. Anyway, that was the reason why I chose the aspect ratio. Anyway, so the allotment happens. You're going to be at the preps. We're jumping all over here, people. I'm so sorry, but this is a shambles. This will be a nice, easy edit to go out tomorrow, so you'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to notice anything at the preps. You're going to go to ceremony, and the ceremony is probably where you're going to notice that this is an allotment and not a wedding. And I say that because it's literally going to be you, the photographer, the couple, and the celebrant, humanist, yeah. whoever it may be and on the day. If you've been communicating beforehand, you know roughly where, but then 
at the time of getting there, it's like, right, where do you want us to stand? Mm-hmm. What way do you want us to face? Mm-hmm. The celebrant will be like, do you want me in between the couple? Do you mm-hmm. want me out of shot? You've got all these things that you're in control of. Yeah. You get to decide these things and people look at you going, you guys being the filmmakers and photographer, you, you're the experts. Tell us what we should do. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> And then the photographer and you have a look of, okay, who's going to decide where, <laughs> who stands where. And then it's just a mutual thing. You have a quick discussion here, here, here. And then, yeah. And then, and then the ceremony happens. Think about weather as well. Yes. Wind. Yes. It's weather important. and wind. That's fun. Uh, the control of the ceremony might not happen as much in a city element, I would say. If you're in a registry office or whatever, you might not have that aspect for a city element. But yeah. um, generally, you you know, when you're out and about, when there's no restrictions as to where you can go, you know, you're going to be wanting to uh, have them be in certain positions. And the humanists actually might want to be in a certain location as well. So it's not. You might not always have the control because sometimes we've had celebrants who have been like, I don't want to stand next to the couple. I want to stand over to the side and you guys can shoot the couple and I'll just be off to the side, <laughs> which That's I... so daft. It's like, shut it. Well, I can understand they don't want to be in the way. But they're not in the way. It's, well, that's very true, but they might feel that they're in the way. Um, that they just want, you know, elopements, just the couple. So maybe in the film they think, or for the photographs they think... Yeah, I suppose this, so this is where the sort couple. of education and helping people understand thing is. I mean, yeah. it's, it's not the end of the world. It's just, it's annoying when people come up with daft reasons for things that in no way make any sense. But that goes counter to what I said earlier when it was like... <laughs> <laughs> don't don't fall out with people on the day. Just be pals. Yeah. Well, yeah, as long yeah, as you can still, get them mic'd up. Still pals. I know Claire, the humanist, uh, does oh, that a lot. Claire. And we love Claire. Uh, I, I don't mind where they are, to be honest. Uh, they can make the little triangle, you know, stand with the celebrant in, kind of in between the kind of couple. Or they can be standing off to the side. It really just doesn't matter to me. As long as the couple are getting what they want and everyone's happy, to be honest. For me. Um, yeah, just whatever each visual team and couple are after. Mm-hmm. If the couple have that thing in their head of, I want it to look like it was just us on the hillside, mm-hmm. then yeah, celebrant off to the side. If they're not too yeah, bothered, put them in. Yeah. Just marginally through. easier shooting it if they're in the middle. Yeah, it is. Mar- <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. And if you're planning to deliver a ceremony sort of edit yeah that's the thing then it gets awkward to cut together yeah but if you're not delivering a ceremony edit if it's purely just the elopement film it's a lot easier it don't matter yeah yeah it does not matter yeah um so obviously tom you mentioned this earlier on about the experience that you give the couple um you will find that on elopement you are going to be responsible for the experience that the couple have there's not going to be their fa- friends and family around them they're not going to have their you know their loved ones the closest ones there doing stuff for them it's just going to be you and the photographer and the couple for the majority of the day after the ceremony so and i'm going to quote one of greg's favorite quotes uh this is by maya angelo angelou angelo she once said i've learned that people will forget what you said people will forget what you did but people will never forget how you made them feel. So this goes down to really the experience that you 
What? Tom's. Yes, it is. <laughs> your favourite quote? <laughs> it's the one that he uses all the time. Oh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, I hear him say it all the time. <sighs> sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Honestly. Who let you in here? Go get yourself a coffee. You literally did. I, I, I literally did. <laughs> there was a there was a chance when you could have been like, "Oh no, sorry, we're busy." But you're like, hey, "Come on, Eddie. Come on, it's fine. We're just talking rubbish." Um, so you are the You will be given the experience. You'll be giving them the experience as well as you know them having an experience as an elopement day, which is going to be very special for them. But you know you are going to have an effect on how they feel and how they interpret your wedding film after the fact. Yeah, because the wedding film is only part of it, isn't it? If you think about it, they'll get their photos and they'll get their video of the day. Mm. And we can, there's tons of different ticks and... Uh, yeah, tons, tons of, of ticks. Oh. Tricks and ticks. Tricks and ticks. Oh, no. <laughs> Tongue-tied. There's tons of little tricks and tips that you can do in the edit to you know change the whole vibe of the day mm-hmm, yeah. or tell the story mm-hmm. but if it was just a tough day in general and the couple didn't really feel like they were getting you know the support they needed or you know if if there was just issues happening and mm. you didn't really help try and deal with it you were more concentrated on your film yeah then they're gonna have their film they're gonna have their photos but they're the memory of their actual day because this is an actual thing of people um, yeah, getting married big moment for them yeah it's not your shoot mm-hmm. you know so I think yeah because like in the early days for me just in weddings in general I was like ooh because I had no clue what I was doing I was like ooh weddings I'm just going to film and I don't care about anything else <laughs> but now I'm even like more conscious than ever been about it's like well how are they going to remember us down the line not just yeah. as you know just as people that mm-hmm. they're in the day because you are it's a very intimate thing for people to get eloped in general. And, you know, you're there with your cameras. It's quite intrusive. It's a, a privilege of sorts to be allowed to capture that. So you need to make sure their day is remembered as a good day mm-hmm. and not the fact that it was like, oh, it was such a tough day. Oh, we've got this nice film, but, you know, I'll always remember the day I married you as it being a really shitty, stressful day because <laughs> these pillocks with cameras. Yeah, it could be easy <laughs> oh, Jesus. if it's your first time shooting an elopement or something like that, it could be easy to just try and get as much out of the day as you can and be like, let's go here, let's go there, let's go here. But the couple will be knackered. Like, Mm. they're not doing much, but it's a full-on day for them. Like, give them some breaks. We've had times where we've went and done the ceremony super early, had a wee bit of a shoot, and then we've went back to the B&B, some people had naps, made lunch, (laughs) and then we've been like, right, it's now getting sort of some nice evening light. Mm. Do you want to? Do you want to head back out now? Mm. And that's it's like, a loaded yeah. question, though. <laughs> I like, mean, we're going out. <laughs> well, well, that time. But if they say no, you have gotta be prepared to be like, okay, the house. I'm comfortable that I've got enough, or yeah. we can do a wee bit in the house here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to be pushing them beyond their limits because, mm. as Tom says, you're, they're gonna remember that mm. and be like, oh man, remember they made us do that. But it's important to explain to them on the day. It's like. You're not doing it because you want to do it necessarily. You're doing it because, you know, oh, this would be really good for the film or, mm. you know, and and a lot of the time that'll, they'll be receptive to that because they know that they need to do certain things to enable the product to, yeah. you know, be They're helped. usually eloping because they value yeah. the photography and yeah, yeah, the imagery. Yeah. And that's mm. why they want to go 
to you know these incredible yeah. landscapes and stuff can i just make a really quick point i was thinking about earlier mm-hmm. um just because you're in an amazing looking place isn't going to make your film good very true don't rely on your landscape use the landscape and your location as a third character mm-hmm. please mm-hmm. um and when you were saying about um if you're if you normally like step back on mm-hmm. a windy and like the photographer lead which is fine we know a lot of video guys around the world that do that and still have really good films oh yeah yeah it's a different it's you know a different style of film mm-hmm. but it's still really really good film um try and learn how to pose people mm-hmm. like there's resources online and stuff try and if you've got two very willing people <laughs> you know and just get them you don't even need a camera just like literally try and learn how the you know how people can walk things to do ticks and trips you said text earlier and now it's stuck in my head um there's loads of wee things you can do yeah but that's important because you don't want to just the photographer to go oh your turn and then you're like uh i so yeah he's a wee kiss <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh the people kiss. need to stop kissing the 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 go-to Films. crutch when people panic all uh, right guys can you just kiss again please it's um, the weirdest thing like without a camera if you went oh i'm panicked you must kiss. <laughs> it's really weird, isn't it? Um, yeah. Right. Um, well, you know, the the idea of you giving the couple a, a good experience really comes down to making a good connection with your couple that you said you like to do when you shoot elements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that helps you... Like, that well, That mindset won't only help you in elements. That will help you in weddings, too, because if the, if people just view you as um, a camera guy, they're going to be way less um, genuine with you. Oh, yeah. Rather than you going to a wedding and you've cultivated a good relationship with a few people and you're not just the camera guy, you're, you know, you're Tom, you're Simon, you're Greg, and these people have a camera with them. Yeah, that's you know? why it's the trick we always like to do at preps. Don't walk in with a camera. Yeah. Walk in. If you've got a camera, put it down, hang out for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, just chat. Yeah. And then if start. So, if someone them. offers you a coffee, have a coffee. Yeah. Like, I, I know. life advice. <laughs> have, <laughs> yes, very good life advice. Yeah. Don't feel scared to have a role if they offer you a role and just be like, oh, yes, please. Oh, who made these? You know, just, you know, I. Honestly, the randomest conversations you can have with people, the more you talk to people, the more comfortable they'll feel. Turn down lines, though. Turn down turn down lines, yes. No drugs on a wedding. Not, not at preps. <laughs> not at preps. <laughs> oh, God. There's been um, a couple on a date. If you're friends with them or if they like you, people are more likely to do things for people they like than people they don't like. Mm. So if you're asking them to do you know, go up there, do this, this is going to be tough, but, you know, just communicating on the day. Yeah. But, yeah, that's why, you know, if you're someone that doesn't super like being around people, elopements ain't for you. You might be yeah. away from all the guests, <laughs> <laughs> but you're much more involved. Um, yeah. the, I'm, I'm sure it's possible to do it without that, but I just don't see it being, mm-hmm. like, or fun to do. Yeah. yeah. In fact... Well, I mean, quite often we've actually, like, for an element, you might be staying with the couple 
So I remember you guys shooting with Pablo. Mm-hmm. You guys are staying with the couple all together in the same place, were you not? That was class. Yeah, we were yeah. all in the same B&B. Different rooms. Had dinner. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> had dinner together the night before. The celebrant wasn't staying in the same B&B, but she came over yeah, she came for dinner. dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We all That is out. an ideal situation. You see if you get time mm-hmm. the night before to have, you know, dinner and drinks with the people. Oh, yeah. It's like the next morning you wake up, you're all having breakfast, coffees and that. You're already having a laugh. I think we were just bloody stargazing yeah. at one point of the night. And then the next day, it's like everyone, I mean, I've never met a couple as up for it as they are, but yeah. they are wedding photographers, so they get it. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've got another Greg Drone story. Oh, but what? <laughs> Is this one? I do, I, do I know this one? Right. So we're, I don't we're, remember. He's looking worried. Well, I'll, I'll remember. Loch, what is it? Loch or whatever. We went across in the wee boat to the wee other side, and that's where we did the ceremony. Um, I've got a little note from a technical point of view on the ceremony for that. That's a good tip. Um, anyway, ceremony's done. Up, up we go. We explore because there's a big laddie that looks lovely. Yeah. Now there's got um the couple who they know what they're doing. They're off, see you later, and then you've got us and uh, uh, the photographers following. Now, there's this, like, stream or burn or whatever, and it's got these rocks. That's mm-hmm. the sort of pathway to get across. Yeah, I remember this and, in the footage. And we all got across, apart from Greg. <laughs> Wait, what? Greg fell. You fell? I think I was in the middle. Like, Greg. A I couple of people made yeah, it yeah. over. Then yeah. it was me. I was definitely on the other side because I went a, a sort of ahead as the sort of like sacrifice. This, so you said this was a drone story. Oh well, <laughs> I'll tell you why in a second. Oh, okay. Um. So yeah, Greg falls in the water. Hilarity ensues. Um. From everyone, Greg takes it like a champ. You know, public facing. Of course. Uh, client facing. Um. And then he just he just goes right. Um. I'm just gonna go and drone. <laughs> So his wee wet legs stomp off back down to the drone because I think we left the drone with the celebrant in the pipe bar. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, we had walkie-talkies. That's a, a really good thing for loneliness as well because phone signal is not mm-hmm. a thing. Yep. And then, you know, we had walkie-talkies and then we communicated and then that's when I would place the couple for these big shots and Greg um, would <laughs> damply but courageously fly the drone because you were flying blind at that point as well. Don't do that. It kind of looked to Tom like I had sort of sulked off all sad because that, I was no, That is what happened. Because <laughs> like because otherwise there was no reason for you to go across there if you planned on going back to get the drone originally anyway. Yeah. It was so funny. <laughs> and you took it like a champ and it was great. So when you started Sorry. that story, I thought it was going to be another story from that shoot. You got to tell the listeners now. When... We got the couple driving their truck along the road leading up to the Kerrang and filmed that. Oh. They came back, did it again. Yeah. Brought the drone back. And I was like, right, guys, that's great. Let's jump in the car and get going. <laughs> I started chucking stuff in the car, closed the door. And I was like, oh, wait, I've still got the drone in the air. Yeah. <laughs> I just I was still I thought, right, that's just finished. Let's keep there. moving. And the drone was still floating in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> Managed to get it, though. Oh, yeah. You I, hope I, so. I, don't, I don't think you crashed no 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 I checked all the footage there was no I just crash I forgot about it <laughs> oh my god yeah so obviously all these experiences just add add to the hilarity that is the relationship building part of our business 
and we still so one of my one of my favorite things to do when we're in Glencoe is just to point out a location to a couple and be like, oh, this is that murder site over there, over there, and then oh, this guy got murdered over here, and there's a big a big event in Scotland over here, and they're like, why are you telling me about all these murders? <laughs> what? <laughs> I've never heard this before. Oh, do. All oh, right. Okay. Well, you know, you know, Glencoe's like got loads of like old murder points for families and stuff, right? Well, there's nothing better than having the juxtaposition of a nice wedding day. Juxtaposition. There you, you are just, using words you don't really I love, use. Again. I love that word. Anyway, just thrown in. And like it, the funnily enough, dark it juxtaposes humor. your vocabulary. <laughs> Shush you. Sorry. Uh, anyway, I just, I just love it. I love it so much, and yet. Also on the day, be, we're going back to shooting on the wedding day, on the loman day. Be flexible. Like we've said, rain, you've mentioned the weather, Tom. Obviously, yeah. the ceremony time is maybe not that movable, I think. That depends on the couple, the celebrant, the celebrant who you've got doing the element. But, um, you know, uh, if there's rain and you want it to be a specific area, be flexible. You don't need to go to that area if it's raining or unless you want a rain shot. That's that's cool as well. In fact, so Greg and I were shooting at the way up north uh, roadie workshop. Was that in Iceland? It was in Iceland. And uh, one very specific thing that I remember was when we're, you know, Cole had some ideas in mind of where he didn't want to shoot. Other than that, he was just looking at the sky and looking for where mm. sun was. Yeah, essentially chasing the light. Chasing the light. See anybody that uses that uh, in their like copy or their marketing? Mm-hmm. Shut it! <laughs> oh, Tom, you are so offensive, honestly. But yeah, so don't you know? You can avoid rain clouds. You can chase light. You don't have to go with your preconceived plan. Yeah, as much as we say plan for the elopement, be incredibly expecting it not to go to plan. Yeah. So the plan is like an ideal world, but you have to have like so much redundancy built into your plan and not be like, don't be too attached to the plan you have. The plan should be very logistically centered and not artistically centered. Yeah. Because you really need to be able to adapt on the day. Mm. And, you know, if something is going to make everyone's life easier... You need to just do it mm. instead of being like, oh, it doesn't suit my storyboarded vision. A hundred percent. You know, half your day's filmmaking, the other half's problem solving. Yeah. And adapting. Um, so don't be too artistic about it. And I mean that in the sense of don't be like, well, it's not my vision, so we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Just go out, try it out, see what happens and... The more you do it, the more experience you get, the better you know when something goes wrong, how to fix it or to solve But Just, you know, you yep. know, dance on your feet. Dance on your feet. Wow. Dance on your feet. What does that mean? Think on your feet? Think on your feet. Yeah. Indeed, dance. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Let's talk about making an awesome alonement film. All right. So maybe you are worrying about creating an alonement film with having so little elements to work with compared to a wedding. Because there isn't going to be guests at a drinks reception, no canopies to shoot, the photographers are going to be doing group shots, you're not going to have speeches for the most part, there's no band, there's not going to be any dancing, you know, all these kind of party elements are not going to be there, so maybe people are panicking 
about how they're going to make this film more dynamic. dynamic. Yeah. So how do you make a film not feel like it's just the couple? I, th- I think first of all, having just the couple, you should realize that there's nothing wrong with just the couple. There are plenty of opportunities to shoot and to make a great film with just the couple. People have that fear of it. Yeah, We said on the live talk, and Tom's already mentioned it earlier, that you've got, you want to use the location as another character. Yeah. They've chose to get married in this sort of area of the country, so capture that as part of the character. So you've got the couple... How do you make it not seem like it's just them all the time? You can shoot details. And what I mean by that is, you know, some of my favorite ha- things to, to shoot are hands and, and feet. What what they're doing with the hands and feet, they're, they're, what they're doing with their, uh, their wedding dress, their, their suit and tie, their, the flowers, what the flower's doing, and tell the story of their movement through details like that. Tom obviously mentioned this before, but have an idea of poses. I know it's usually the photographer, for the most part, that has ideas about what the couple are going to be doing at certain locations. However, you're going to have to think about what you want the couple to do because the photographer is not in control of your film or the tone of your film or anything like that. So obviously communicate with the photographer that is super important like we've mentioned before. But have an idea. So some of the some of the some of my favorite shots are what I don't even know what they're called, but I consider them video stills. You know, very much uh hey, the couple are just here and the camera's not whooshing off. There's no crazy transition. It's just a locked shot. It's a locked shot. Well, there's no tripod. There's there's no there's no tripod is handheld but yeah yeah, but still locked yeah but the couple aren't even doing anything they're just together it's very much there's no motion you're just letting that kind of scene you called it emotion still play joking <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry 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 okay i know what you mean yeah i i mean i i genuinely don't know if there's a terminology for that a locked off shop yeah sure but that only describes the movement of the camera it doesn't describe what's happening in the scene yeah correct but yeah, just don't be scared to just let these shots kind of breathe in your film. And remember as well, like, it's great to have all this in mind, but sometimes you're just going to have to react to get something because you just need it. Very and true. don't panic about, oh, it's not how it should be. It's just get it because yeah. the couple don't care. You're shooting for the couple, not for other filmmakers. Yes. Also, not everything in your film needs to be cinematic. I feel like it's an one. It's an overused term, and it means really nothing. Cinemate. Cinemate. Cine- Sorry, cinemate. <laughs> oh shit! Cinemate, actually, Tom. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. Uh, Greg's getting fed up. Basically, <laughs> you, you shoot genuine moments, and you don't even need to make them cinematic. And I'm doing that with the air bunny quotes. One of my favorite shots uh, was with a couple who were shooting their ceremony and their ceremony was like genuinely eight minutes long. It was eight minutes long and the ceremony didn't have much emotion in it. But after the couple kiss, and this, again, this was by the three sisters in Glencoe at the car park that I mentioned that gets really busy. All the tourists had gathered on the edge of the car park to watch the ceremony. 
And as soon as they kissed, they were all chanting and cheering. And, you know, because I was handheld, obviously, just so easy to flip flip over to the to the tourists and just shoot the tourists. But if you say, oh, don't forget to shoot the tourists, for a wedding film, people might go, uh, you're supposed to avoid tourists. Well, no, it's okay if you've got, you know, your two dozen model release forms and you manage to spend an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, no, you. If it's in a public place, it's okay, isn't it? It's... Anyway, Tom, shop. Uh, I mean, some of, some of our favorite moments as well. We were we. It was with that Texas couple. We had gone up up a hill just at the end of the valley, and it was soaking wet. We got an amazing kind of them kissing on the hills. It was pouring with rain. Shot, and on the way down, a car had driven past and had come back. And a guy ran out with a bottle of whiskey and two glasses and he came running up the hill and he gave the couple a dram and he told the story that, oh, him and his wife had just gotten married. Turns out they were doing the reverse journey. Our couple had gone up the sky and were traveling on to Edinburgh. And this couple who had very kindly given our couple the dram were starting in Edinburgh and coming up and going up the sky. So kind of meeting in the middle. And uh, they had this very genuinely nice moment of a stranger coming and giving them whiskey to celebrate. And uh, obviously we're going to film that. Because that's a genuine moment. But it's pissing down moraine still. Everyone's wet. And it just made for a really nice shot. But at no point would I say that shot is cinematic whatsoever. It doesn't need to be cinematic. You, you, you still, like, if you're... You know, a competent filmmaker, you're gonna have your sort. Your default of shooting something is going to be different to someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Is default. So, well, it yeah. just without thinking, you're going to make sure your composition and your lighting is good enough. Good enough, yeah. You know, if yeah. without you're not jumping in and lighting everything and <laughs> controlling it. But that's as you say, that's one of those reactive mm-hmm. moments. And that wasn't in your storyboard for your film, but no. that could end up being the best part about the film. Yeah. You know, it, and that's it, why, it you know, what you're going to do, sit in a car and being like, well, this wasn't in my plan, so it's, mm. it's nice if, that they're doing that, but I will not be shooting you, it. You have to put moments like that in your film. Yeah, of course. Because the couple are going to be like, oh man, do you remember yeah, that guy it's for coming? them. Yeah. Yeah, it's not what for... a nice experience. Yeah. Man, it, it was so lovely. Actually, I love, I, love, uh, I love remembering that moment. So maybe you're, you're out there and you're thinking, okay, well, okay, that's the couple, but how do I make this film more dynamic? Like I said before, we'd have the band. There's no dancing. There's no party. Slider. No. (laughs) (laughs) No slider. So here's our tips for making your film a little bit more dynamic. What we like to do is shoot abstract. And what I mean by that is in, in a very different way that you would shoot like kind of detail moments of hands and stuff. For us, shooting abstract is like using mirrors, shooting through glass, using reflections in water and, you know, rotating the image in post or something, shooting silhouettes, all these kind of things. In fact, Greg and what Greg and I love to do when we enter a room, even on a wedding day for preps, uh, once we said hello to the couple, is we're going around with our cameras and just like shooting. Like, honestly, if, if people don't ask us what we're doing, it's kind of an insult because we look completely daft Going up to mirrors and like we're leaning against walls and looking essentially just looking for reflections in in shiny, you know, shiny surfaces or or, or glass or because those moments, you know, you can. I love the idea of like hinting at things. 
before you actually can figure out what the things that you're looking at in a film are. It just makes your film a little bit more interesting. And if you're worried about the lack of band and dancing and stuff, you can add more excitement with smoke bombs. I know it's like a total like trend from like four years ago, smoke bombs. I don't really give a fuck. They look cool in film. And you don't often see them being used in too many films. So I'd say invest in a couple of smoke bombs and just go a little bit crazy with them. You know, you might not have a band, but you do have an iPhone. Maybe you've got a Bluetooth speaker. Hopefully you will know the couple's taste of music. Play their favorite song and get them to dance to it. Get them to go up the road hand in hand, pretending they're drunk. Uh, Do little quirky games that they might think are weird. And obviously they are weird, but embrace the weirdness. I love doing that. Any other tips for making something more exciting, Tom? You're not making a wedding film, so don't don't hold yourself to the standards of what a wedding film would be and how a wedding film your wedding film goes. Yep. So it's like when you're saying like, oh, you don't have a band, so do this. It's like it doesn't matter if you don't have a band. You're shooting mm-hmm. something completely different. So yeah. the first thing you really need to try and do is stop thinking about. Don't approach it like you approach a wedding film, mm-hmm. especially in the edit. Because everyone's got their sort of default template, if you like, that they can fall back on because Mm -hmm. they know it works and the couple are happy with it and there's nothing wrong with that. But that totally changes for an elopement. It's, you know, it can be quite, it's the classic, you know, um, writer's block blank page. You know, the hardest bit is starting it. I don't start at the start of films. I haven't done for years. I always start in the middle. Yeah. And work my way out. And, or if I've got a scene that I know will work, I build that out and then sort of start piecing it together again. I don't work chronologically. No, um, nothing. And that really helps. That really helps editing sometimes. Yeah. If you're struggling or stuck, because if you've shot a day, there's going to be cool little bits that you know work. So work on them first, and yep. then in the back of your brain, it just starts coming together. But yeah, don't approach it like a wedding film. Don't hold yourself to the um, sort of style of a wedding mm. film. And if you know what you're doing and you shoot anyway, your style is going to come across an elopement anyway, just nearly how you shoot. Yeah, that's actually a good point. And I should probably say that with regards to, um, you know, if you're uh, if you're a second shooter and maybe you're used to being in a second, you're, you're used to having two at a wedding. Don't appro- You're not trying to make the same product no. as what you would with two shooters. No. So don't feel that stress to shoot in the same way, like if you're shooting the ceremony, you don't need to have certain angles, you know, just think about the basics of filmmaking. Yeah. You know, and and don't put that pressure on yourself. Always shoot wider. And always shoot wider, says Tom. I would agree. And learn how to mask. Because masks mean you can get in your wide shot and not get in the way. <laughs> okay. That's that, the key. I would agree, yes, that's an important point. It is. I've seen you save very many a shot. Yes, because uh, it means even you can by get, water. It means you can get in the shot where you are if you're by yourself, or the photographers as well. But it means that you've always got the safety of the wide because you've taken that bit somewhere else. Yeah. If you're doing, and it takes a huge amount of stress out if you know what you're doing when you go into mm. a shot, shoot like that because you're not having to think about blocking. Yeah, very true. In general, and also, and you've mentioned this before, the landscape. Treat it like another character. Yes. In your pre-production, you should have gone out and chosen some locations. 
What we like to do, and this is one of the reasons why we shoot Glencoe so uh, Glencoe so often, is because you've got trees and lakes and mountains and small streams and wildlife all in a very compact, like 10 mile radius, max 10 miles radius. And you can shoot to all these different locations very quickly throughout the day and have your scenes change quite drastically. And if, you know, if you're getting the couples to do different things in different scenes, then you are naturally going to make your film seem more dynamic because you're going to be shooting in dynamic scenery. So, um, you know, pick locations that vary. Don't go to a mountain, then go to another mountain, and then go and shoot at the bottom of another mountain. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah, variation really helps you. Variation definitely helps. But... It is still possible if, because you will be constricted sometimes and you can only be really in one place. It's oh, not yeah, ideal, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's yeah. like you can still do it. Yeah. But I'm talking about like, but to help you yourself. Aim for, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If, if, if you're struggling, then you can aim for yeah, these yeah, yeah, yeah. things. But uh, I suppose, lastly, on questions that you might be worried about if you haven't shot an elopement before, would be how to, how, how do you make a film more emotional? I find this question really interesting because I think, put your hand down, Tom. <laughs> I think people obviously think of elopements as, uh, or, or weddings in general, that they are high emotional moments. And they are, but they're very specific emotions. Uh, that's That's not a bad thing at all. But for our films, we like to vary the type of emotions that we portray so that tonally in a film we can take the viewer on more of an emotional journey and that includes obviously the emotions that are at a wedding the love and the expression of joy and all that kind of good stuff what are you gonna say tom interviews at preps i'll go into that (laughs) that's literally my next point so what one of the things that we actually like to do for a film is right at the end of the day once you've built that connection up well if it can be at the end of the day once you've built that relationship up with your couple um sit them down plan for a section of the day to be an interview sit them down and ask them personal questions and i'm talking about things that are gonna give them ways of expressing things that otherwise they might not express you i ask them about fears what they want in life, uh, what they feel like they need as individuals and through this relationship that they've now, you know, made official, say. Another thing I like to do is ask about their future and how they foresee it. And I do this for a very particular reason because, like, the, the film is going to look cool when the couple get it. It's going to look cool for the first anniversary, for the fifth anniversary. But when it gets down to being their 20th anniversary, their 30th anniversary, I want them to be able to go and look at this film and with the journey that they've gone through, look back and listen to what they wanted their journey to be. And when you do that, when you when you allow the couple to to really hear and and process the fact that they've gone through this journey even though the film hasn't changed their perspective has 
the 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 whole feeling of their film will change for them in those later years, and I find that really interesting. Uh, Benj Heisch does this a lot with his photographs. He's he's not really interested in what his couples think of their photographs, you know, when they get them. It's more what they're going to think about their their photographs, you know, later down the line, because he likes to look at that kind of journey of perspective and stuff, which I find really interesting. And if people don't want to be interviewed, that's totally fine. Don't need to force them to be interviewed. You can suggest other ways of getting different emotions, though. Yeah, sometimes they're eloping, not only because they want that sort of wild scenery stuff, but sometimes it's because they want to get away from the pressure of people and be alone Mm. because they're a bit shyer. Mm. So that emotion might not be natural to them to come out verbalized. Yep. So don't try and force it. But there is some tools like the interview that can help guide things. Mm -hmm. But you're going to know whether that's going to be natural to the couple from talking to them beforehand. Yeah. And if it's still not a thing, you can still make a beautiful looking film with just a soundtrack. Yeah. And the couple are going to love it. If it's, it might not necessarily be the one you smack on the front of your website, but <laughs> it's, it's what the couple want. If they don't want themselves in it and they just want something nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, just, uh, well, I remember, uh, we actually got saved one time. Uh, remember that ceremony I was talking about, uh, that was eight minutes long. It didn't really have emotional depth because it really didn't speak about the couple that much at all. Which well, is weird at an elopement, isn't it? Yes, it is. It was a registrar wedding. It was a wedding. Right, okay. Yeah. It was a humanist. <laughs> um, and that was obvious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, let's not be too mean. But. <laughs> no mean. But um, what the couple had done, uh, they had written letters to each other. Now, they were going to give each other these letters to read. But after the ceremony, I went up to uh, Laura and Marcus and I asked them to save these letters and can we read them later on at night? Because we knew we were going to be staying a little bit later because, you know, th- they had actually friends there. So we wanted to get them around the campfire drinking and, and nighttime shots and stuff like that just to make the film just a little bit different. And also because we like just being out in the wilderness. The wilderness? The wilderness. So uh, we wanted to do that. And they did. We When the sun was setting, after dinner... We took them to a lovely little forest that was actually just where they were staying. Some was poking through the trees. It was beautiful. They opened their letters that they had written to each other, and they had ri- they had they we got them to read aloud what they had written to each other, and it was actually a really beautiful moment. So obviously, we didn't interview the couple for that wedding, but because we didn't get that emotional contact at the ceremony, which isn't usual, like you said we were able to convince the couple to do that and have that be the emotional impact. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You could easily sell, you could easily create a film for, for the couple and you know they would have loved that without the letter reading. Before I ask you about planning a single shooter shoot for a ceremony, Tom, let's talk about things to note. These are little quirky things that we've picked up on the way. Uh, not very many. Uh, things to note. If you're driving the couple... If you crash, they can sue you. So definitely have it, you know, if you're going to be driving around couples in your own vehicle, your insurance does not cover that um, for business. So, well, double check your insurance because who knows what what changes have been made for this 
recent COVID uh, crisis that we've all don't crash or just don't crash. But you know, accidents happen. People crash into you. You know, just don't crash. (laughs) (laughs) Just be better drivers. Yeah. So get it written in your contract. Make it clear to them. And if you're not comfortable with driving a couple of rounds in case this happens, you can ask the photographer or get them to drive. Not a big deal. We've mentioned fixed ideas for weather because weather's a bitch. But another important one, and this is probably to do with the experience of your couples. And Greg actually cottoned onto this a little bit before me, to be honest, was the fact that you should always be checking how your couples are doing. You want to elaborate on that, Greg? Yeah, like if if you're asking a couple to get close to a cliff edge for a shot, you want to be making sure that they're comfortable with how close they're getting. Mm. Like we've had times at the Kerrang where it's like, just get really close to the edge and walk along. If they don't feel comfortable with that, you don't want to be asking them to do it. So no. just just check, like make sure they're comfortable with saying no to you. Mm-hmm. If you're like, do you want to go up this cliff here onto this peninsula? They might be like, oh, I'm not too keen with the heights being up there. So make sure that you've sort of established that relationship where they feel comfortable to be like, look, guys, I'm not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, another thing to note is um, because you're going to be one of the only people on the day that they spend time with, your energy is going to affect your couple. So if you're not excited to do certain things that you want the couple to do, the chances of them actually doing it just because you've asked them to are pretty slim, especially yeah. when they get tired. But if you're really excited and you act in a way that's you know high energy, then they're going to feed off that energy and be more willing to do stuff for you when it comes down to getting shots and stuff like that. And something that I think you were sort of hinting towards just a moment ago is if you're filming and you've got a big jacket on to keep yourself warm, which is good because you want to be warm and not shivering with cold when you're holding a camera. Yep. Don't run about and be like, oh man, I'm boiling in this jacket. Like you've done once or twice. Oh, I know, (laughs) I know. There's probably a bride standing there with a skimpy wee dress on, freezing her ass off. At least you're okay. And she's like, yeah. What do you mean it's roasting? I'm freezing. So just just be aware of (laughs) what you're saying. I just thought we were all absolutely exhausted from this huge big hike up a hill. And then, yeah, that that, that was a lesson I learned. Because you did, you mentioned it to me on the side. And I was like, oh yes, right enough. Didn't think about that before. I don't know how I didn't think about it, but there we go. And ever since, I don't talk about how warm I am. (laughs) Yeah, we did have a Q&A section during the live uh, workshop, which is like, this has been a rather long conversational chat about topics that we (laughs) talked on for the the workshop. Greg's face when you said rather long. Oh, honestly. Uh, I don't think I've spoken to you about this, but uh, usually we shoot elements in two-shooter style. Um, that would mean that, you know, I'm going handheld for the ceremony. I am going handheld um, with my 2470. And Greg's at the back with uh, whatever camera he's got shooting the documentary type angle or the safety angle, whatever you want to call it. Obviously, we don't shoot uh, single shooter wins that often, but I do have one next year. We are shooting in St. Andrews the day before, so I need to travel from St. Andrews all the way down to the Scottish borders in Melrose and shoot a single shooter and then that night come back up for a wedding in St. Andrews the 
day after. So uh, we're looking at doing a single shooter. How would you shoot a single shooter elopement in the Scottish borders? Um, well, first of all, I'd say let's not go to the Scottish borders. The Scottish I'm borders I'm is I'm lovely. I'm from there originally, just not from where you are. <laughs> uh, west. Um, I think the key is, so like single shooting for the majority of the day is easy enough because it's what you're going to be shooting anyway. Yeah. Because if even on elopement, you're, you sort of do fall into a bit of more of a, like a two-person elopement, sorry, you're going to fit more into a sort of hierarchy of sorts in terms of coverage because you're both going to communicate, oh, what are you going to get? What am I going to get? There's no point two people shooting the same thing. Yeah. It's good to get double the amount of footage, but you don't want double the same footage. Yeah. It's just a waste of time. But, uh, so during the day, for everything else, couple shoot, this, that, and the next thing, travel stuff, la-di-da, easy, because you're there, you know what you want to do, you can get it. The challenging bit is obviously your ceremony because um, nine times out of ten, you want at least two angles. Um not just for things being easier, but for like if there is a failure, that's another thing you need to remember. Kit can fail. Yep. Um, so at least you've got something that doesn't have to be the most amazing thing in the world, but you would have something instead mm-hmm. of literally nothing. Um, so yeah, it's like you need to be very realistic with what your output's going to be if you're shooting it by yourself with only two cameras. Because normally, um, like in the say old days like years ago when a lot of your single guys started going out just to do weddings there wasn't a huge amount of movement in the ceremony shots it's all very locked off because they're having to you know operate multiple cameras and stuff which is mm-hmm. fine yeah um but and again it depends on your elopement style but generally speaking if you're going adventure you're gonna have a bit of diamond is you're going to have a bit of dynamism. Is that a word? We'll go with it. And you say, Movement. I use complicated words. That's not a complicated word. I just can't speak English. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. So for me, it's more, I, I, you communicate with the celebrant and the couple because you really want to figure out, right, what are we actually doing? What are we really, really doing? So you can anticipate when things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you know where to be. Uh, elopement is great because you're not really blocking anyone. So you can sort of just do what you want. If the worst comes to the worst, you can sort of jump in and say, oh, sorry, guys, can we just hold one second? You know, worst comes to the worst. Mm. I would never do that on an actual wedding. No. <laughs> no and, and An example of that would be suddenly your battery dies and you you just, you made a yeah, mistake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your battery yeah, dies. There's a, there's a problem. But that's why yeah. you've got redundancy. That's why you would have that other angle, yeah. etc. Even on elopement, you could still do the same thing. Um, but, if you're you are your ACAM, obviously, so it's when I do it, it's quite fluid. Um, there's a lot of just panning that sometimes I just keep in because it suits the sort of speed of it. Mm-hmm. If someone's speaking, I'm not always on them speaking, I'm on the person listening and the reaction of it. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's just instinct, a lot of it. Um, once you've done it a few times, you'll sort of start to see because you're you will kick yourself in the edit for not doing certain things and not having that footage to cut to, yeah. Um, but generally an elopement film, in terms of the timeline of the film, if you've not got a great shot but you've still got audio, you've got B-roll that you can pepper. That is very so true. So that's sort of the way to save yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're having to actually do a delivery of the ceremony in elopement, that's slightly different, so you want to mm-hmm. shoot it slightly safer. Yeah. But if you know that your only output at that time of them booking is going to be the elopement film, mm. 
then you can get a bit more like a bit or uh, artistic uh, with your um, ceremony shots. Yeah. And yeah, like a bit of camera wobble, a bit of a shake, a bit of a jitter, or something not quite being in focus. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. Yeah. Or you shouldn't care. The moments over the technical perfection mm. is more important. Yeah. I would say. So, so that, that was a bit of a mess, but that's, no, no, that's, that's, that's kind of it. And just. It. Yeah. No, that's absolutely fine. Um, yeah. Just be prepared. Well, I'm actually looking forward to this because uh, obviously it's in the Scottish Borders. It's in the Melrose Abbey. I, and Melrose I, Abbey, and I okay. used to live in Melrose when I was a young teenager until I moved to Selkirk. But I'm actually already familiar with some of the haunts already. But since my mother already lives down there. It's your accommodation, sorry. That, well, she's going to be moving up here, so it won't be my accommodation for that day. But I Brilliant. will, however, go down and just take my drone because I won't have the time the day before or the day after. Mm, that's uh, a good point. With char- charging the drone, so I, I won't have it. So I will take the drone on a visit down to my mother's and and just explore locations that I remember nearby. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's some uh, lovely places. Scots View, Melrose in general is just a lovely town, which is lovely and small. It's lovely. I mean, it's full of old people, if I remember correctly, but you know, it's lovely. You've got the Eildon Hills, but I probably won't go up there. Down by the river, the River Tweed, lovely. Yeah. Just, uh, just Visit lovely. Melrose. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just lovely. A good place to retire. Anyway. Are you thinking of retiring? No. I mean, I know you're getting on. I calm it down, just because you can see my grey hairs. Mm. Anyway, Greg is looking at his watch. I want to thank you. In fact... <laughs> Greg's literally yawning. <laughs> his this- body is physically convulsing as he yawns. Podcast listeners, thank you for listening to this episode. Obviously, you will realize this has been a slightly different kind of vibe to what we would normally shoot, but literally that's just the conversational aspect of what we're going. So yeah, we'll probably call it a day on the elopements. Uh, Tom, we haven't had you on the podcast for a while, so where can people we're find you? a day on elopements? We, 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 we Quinn? No. <laughs> <laughs> I meant on the podcast, Greg. We're calling it a day on the podcast? Oh what? my god! <laughs> we Quinn? Oh my god, how do we end this? Let's just call it the end of the podcast just there because we could talk all day, just the three of us. <laughs> uh, Tom, thank you for joining us. Uh, sorry you didn't have a coffee, but where can people find you? I'd just like to make it very clear, I was not planned. This was not today. Like yeah. on, on this. Um, your, your dad did tell so, me that. So, uh, <laughs> that's... that's <laughs> That's why, um, sorry if it's been a bit sporadic, but we've just not seen each other in a while, so this was more of a catch-up. Um, where can people find me? Just Tom JD Armstrong on all socials. There um, you go. Or uh, you can find me <laughs> wherever you find them, because I'm never far away. That's very true. That's how we like it. That's fine. And Greg, where can people find us? They can find us at Cinemate Films on all those socials as well that's right if you have any questions regarding this topic or even any other topic drop us a dm on our instagram or email or whatever you fancy we will be there on the other end uh we hope you enjoyed this episode and if you did hit that subscribe button so you know when the next episode goes online please leave a review that's a massive help in order to grow the podcast and if you don't want to do that totally cool just tell a friend however until next time enjoy your life